This is the Financial Coconut Podcast, Singapore's first personal finance podcast network. I'm your host, Reggie, aka your chief financial coconut. Every Wednesday, you'll be chilling with me and my guests, who are some of the quirkiest, geekiest people we can find on the internet about how they do money and life. Sit back, relax. We are a few days away from the weekend. Welcome to Chill Swift TFC. So basically, me and Topoki, we position ourselves in a fast casual kind of concept. Uh, so Gen Z yeah. is your main client. Gen Z is our main target. Uh, Aga, right. how many percent of your clientele uh, is from Gen Z? According to our data analytics, uh, we have around uh, 70 to 80 percent. Really? Especially ladies who love to patronize these uh, Korean uh, restaurant offers. Yeah, so that's from our data analytics. Serious? Right, 80% yeah. Gen Z? 80% Gen Z. Wow, that, that's, a, that's a crazy business. Yeah. I, I, I never knew Gen Z could make an empire out of, out of Topoki. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Chills with TFC, where we sit down with the geekiest, quirkiest individuals to learn about how they do money and life. I'm your host, Reggie, aka Yorochi Financial Coconut. And today we continue part two of our FLA collaboration. But before we begin, special shout out to our friends on the other show, Li Tai. Oh yeah, our personal Chinese show. Yes, check them out. They also went down, you know, and talked to a lot of different vendors. But interestingly, they cover all the Taiwanese brands, like you know your boba tea, your Taiwanese kebab, and then all that stuff. So check them out and see if you know if there are any interesting Taiwanese franchising opportunities for you. But today we focus on the bigger boys, right? So last week I think we talk a little bit about like gym power we talk about cloud retail some of the more vending machine type small capital business today we joined the big boys right so we have brian from clippers which is a barber shop and we have darren from the jelly hearts you know they're very cute jelly hearts and most importantly we have vincent from myeongdong topoki right essentially the k-wave guys so let's see if any of these fits your palette and fits your investment goals um Vincent is expecting a lot, so stay to the end to see what he wants. Okay, this is Chill Swift TFC. Today, our theme is to try to understand, like, okay, we have a hundred thousand, right? So, I think a lot of corporate guys they have accumulated some money, you know, in their process of maybe in the five years, ten years of uh, corporate work, you know, it's like, okay, you know, I have some money sitting around, what am I gonna do next? So, with that as the basis, right, can you kind of expound a little bit on your various businesses you know what do i think about what are the kind of rates that i need to prepare how much capital do i need to participate in what you do like why do you stand out from other people yeah so maybe korean food can start first very hot uh, these days uh, probably if let's say an individual have around hundred thousand uh, usd the individual can look into like franchise business because uh, franchise business is a proven kind of concept where you can just uh, purchase the concept and you can replicate it. The important things that you need to do is to find the right locations to embed it into. So current industries right now is uh, riding uh, very strongly in the Howie wave. So if let's say individual wanted to invest, probably they can look into this uh, current industry, mm. which is uh, us, Miyotopoki. So Miyotopoki is the largest uh, in Southeast Asia. We have 70 outlets in uh, throughout Malaysia, Indonesia, and Brunei. So it's a proven kind of concept that uh, individual can replicate it and uh, multiply on that. So right now, we have signed a couple of uh, area franchising in uh, Indonesia and Brunei. So what about here in Singapore? In, in Singapore, we are looking towards a Master kind of uh, business partnership with them. Okay. Because uh, okay. once we enter into Singapore, we are looking throughout the global kind of expansion. Okay. Yeah, because Singapore is the global hub of uh, Southeast Asia. Mm. So mm. it's a very, very important hub for us to look into international markets. So even though we are founded in uh, Malaysia, but uh, we are halal kind of a concept. 
So therefore, we wanted to move into uh, Singapore here to replicate it to other uh, international grounds. Okay, so right. in other words, for to simple terms, you are looking for a master franchise in Singapore. Uh, right now, we are looking for a business partnership. Okay, uh, okay. Kind of like JV partnership. Let's say okay. that if you just wanted a master franchise, we are open to that also. Okay, right. okay. Mm -hmm. So you're not selling uh, direct franchise we one are one. not looking to uh, open like singular kind of no, a no franchise. Yeah, because uh, singular is uh, difficult to manage. Yeah. So we are looking to go for like a JV kind of format or master mm. kind of format where the individuals have the capability to manage the brand itself in a very, very proper manner and uh, scale it in a very large kind of uh, scalability. Okay. Right. Okay. Mm. So what would entail something like that? What is the requirement? Because all those are big words, right? Or like right. capabilities, right? right? But what, what is your requirement? Uh, like, like when you mentioned uh, 100, 100K USD, for that amount, probably we can open like probably a singular outlet. Yeah, that's a single outlet. For an individual to scale on a large kind of uh, scalability throughout the whole nation or throughout the whole region, we are looking into like bigger boys to, to come in for an investment. Mm. So we are attracting uh, big boys to invest in this uh, very once-in-a-lifetime opportunity like this uh, core million, industry. Five million? We are looking at How around uh, two to three million. Okay. Yeah, okay. So with that, you can open like a uh, regional kind of expansion okay. towards that. Okay. Right. And what is the target number of outlets you need to open? We are targeting the outlets at uh, 100 outlets uh, this year. In Singapore? No, no, no. Singapore, probably we are looking at around 8 to 10 outlets. Okay. 8 okay. to 10. Okay. Uh, that, that's the maximum we can go with. Okay. But uh, <laughs> Singapore not a lot yeah. of people to eat Korean food. Huh? Right. <laughs> Mm. <laughs> okay okay right. fair 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 okay cool what, what about you guys like what is the what is the kind of participation structure that I can go with your team for us uh, Clippers Barber uh, we are very much looking for a single unit type of franchise yeah. owners la. Mm, so mm. having said that you were mentioning about 100,000 right yeah. uh, I mean with inflation and everything actually uh, you need a little bit more la. okay okay, okay. <laughs> tell me tell me how yeah, yeah, yeah. tell me, tell so, me. So normally what our franchise owners would do right they usually have partners mm. Yeah. so they like two of them come ah, together okay, you know, okay, and then okay. they, they accumulate a bigger amount of fun okay. in fact for us uh, it's just still within the 200,000 region mm, la, mm. to start off uh, in terms of uh, franchise fees in terms of uh, the renovation fit out and mm. in terms of uh, you know preparing uh, three to six months of cash flow mm. yeah so all these are important can you run yeah. us the breakdown like specific mm. how much is the fees what's okay. the estimate uh, for reno all that stuff in terms of the franchise fees for Papers Barber is at 45,000 for okay. a period of five years five years yeah and mm. all the training for the franchisee as well as for the barbers are all included in fact, in even, even for okay. uh, marketing as well, in a sense, doing all the graphics and all this uh, opening promotion in terms of designing for you, la, everything is already covered inside mm. that 45000 Yeah, In terms of renovation, we are looking at, depending on uh, the size of your shop, we're looking at maybe with a, with a range of about fifty to 60000 mm. uh, Full mm. renovation, including uh, equipment and fittings and all this. Mm. Yeah. How many mm. seats? Quite important, right? The number of seats yes. in your uh, business. So, so we, we are careful in terms of Choosing locations, you want to look at the traffic as well. Yeah. Yeah. If it's a very busy location with MRT linked, right? Then you probably need to look at at least uh, four stations type. Mm. So mm. four stations type, then you have uh, all the equipments and fittings for the four stations. Mm. Yeah. Mm. So it's still within fifty to sixty thousand. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Mm. And then working capital? Working capital, you probably need to cover at least uh, three to six months. We are looking at maybe preparing about um, twenty to thirty thousand. Mm. Yeah. Mm. But, but just to stand by. Yeah. Why? Because we are. I'm an accountant, la, So we yeah. have to be really. <laughs> accountant really, extra cautious. <laughs> important. Yeah, 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 important. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Yes, you have yes. to prepare, like, in case you know you need them. Uh, but 
more importantly, you're actually receiving cash on a daily basis. Yeah. 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 And the money goes directly to your account. So mm. it's quite easy to manage in a sense. At least you'll be able to cover either the rent part or the labor part of it, mm, la, mm, right? Mm, yeah. Mm. Then from a single mm. franchise unit, right? Is there like a royalty structure that we gotta yes. pay you? Or uh, what, for what Clippers the... Barber, we collect royalties on a monthly basis. It's a seven okay. percent of your sales revenue. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And what about you? So how can I participate with you? Okay, just now you were thinking talking about like hundred thousand. Yeah, so yeah. I mean in terms of uh, how to start a business with one hundred thousand, uh, everybody have a concept like oh go franchising is always more expensive mm-hmm. because you have to pay a franchise fee. Yes. But uh, let me go through why actually franchising is actually cheaper than you start out of your own business. That's for example, FMB. When you like want to start out a single unit like yours and like mine, basically if you want to start up, okay, let's say for example, you want to start a cake shop, definitely you need somewhere to bake your cake. And it's not cost efficient to start up a central kitchen just to have one outlet. Mm-hmm. So in that case, if you want to start up one outlet with a kitchen involved, Minimum, you need about 300 square feet because your shop front need about 150 to sell because for the display of equipments and display of cakes. And you need another about 100 plus square feet just as a kitchen. Mm. So in total, you're about 300 square feet. And with that kind of setup, you need more manpowers. At the same time, renovation costs will be higher in mm. term. So you all these factors add into it compared to, let's say, with a support from franchisee or from franchisor, I, I mean, we have all the central kitchen involved. All the manpower is done. So all you need is a, a place just to sell, mm. which you might reduce to the size of just selling is about 150 or even higher is about 200 square feet. In terms of rental size, you already reduced by half. Mm. Same goes to the manpower. It can be reduced by half because you only need someone to send there to sell. Mm. Just like a retail staff. If you calculate all this in, the setup cost, it might almost be the same. And to the running cost itself, and actually franchising is actually lower mm. than you start up a business yourself. And I also look through the numbers involved, the numbers that you start off your own business and you think that your, your way will work is all projected only, yeah. estimated. But what we've been doing for years is actually proven. That's why we are still here. Yeah. So in that case, you want to compare your proven way or your not proven way, who have a better success rate, then obviously franchise is a better choice. Mm. Another way, you think about 100,000 is closer to my brand. Mm. Because for my brand, we, when we start out, on my almost slightly above 100. 100 mm. obviously, because as you said, inflation, all this uh, mm. is a bit tight. But if you really calculate in terms of setup costs, if you minus off all the deposit, definitely mm. may, for me, can be below 100. Mm. Because you take it in, involved like, okay, you need a deposit here and there. So your actual spend amount is actually below 100,000. Mm. For example, my franchise fee is actually lower, 30,000, but lower in the sense of quantum. It's okay. It's only this for is three not Pasamalam. Yeah, <laughs> you yeah. need to compare this way, right? Yeah, just for him, it's yes. five years, yes, yes, 45,000. Yes. But yes. My, for me, it's three years, 30,000. 30, okay. Lower in quantum. Okay. But if you turn in terms of per year, per it's year, slightly different. Per year, more expensive. Mm. Yes. Yeah. Mm. So 30,000. And renovation, my one slightly lower because I have more equipments to display. Mm. Renovation maybe about 30K. Equipment mm. about 10 plus K. So in terms of all add up together, it's almost the same. Mm. You have the deposit and the manpower. Miscellaneous add up a bit above 100K. Mm. But if you minus off the deposit, is definitely below 100,000. Okay. So the model is, is already proven. What you need to do is just to get someone to go over and start up. Okay. All the models, all the procedures is all taken. Mm. I even have franchisee now who just signed for me, a franchisee. He even want to ask, hey, can I take over one of your existing outlet with a proven record? We show them the numbers. Yeah, definitely. We can show you these numbers and it's a proven record and they are willing to pay slightly higher. Because mm. if you are paying 100,000 to start out with something new, Yes, franchise already have a higher percentage of baking money. But if you get somewhere that is already proven, basically, you are almost at a zero risk yes, factor. Yes, yes. So you are just paying a bit more premium. I can say mm. that I forgo one year of profit 
but I have already proven so the, at least the next three years I'm more safe that mm. I can as long as I can carry on franchise and carry on the rental there I'm safe mm. so in terms of franchising also consider another model I have a recent example one of my franchisee renewed a term which is a fourth fifth year so I have a sign a new franchisee and this new franchisee told me I'm actually looking at this unit that you are operating now can I so-called take over this unit I said sure it's all in terms of dollar and cents uh. so I tell them before I even approach, this current unit actually is owned by the franchisee you just signed. So I said, okay, were you willing to pay this amount of premium for this unit? No? Then we calculated about one year kind of premium. They said, fine, no problem. So when he's agreed, I go to approach by this franchisee. Do you want to let go of this unit at uh, this price? He said, why? I'm making money. Why I want to let go? <laughs> but I tell them, yeah, you're making money, right? You already worked four years here. You already know how to set up proven record, you know what to do. Why you don't take that money, which is a few times of what you invested, and take that money, pay me a franchise fee, and franchise another unit from me, and start for a fresh. Mm, mm. Isn't that more convincing and you can start a fresh? Yes, that one, you have lesser chance, not as good as the current one, but then again, you already have your proven you ways of doing do. it. Mm, so mm. you already know how to do it. Mm, mm, mm. Why don't you take the money, put it in your pocket first, <laughs> and also take a bit from me, because you're yes, going to franchise another unit yes, from yes. me, and you start off another one. Mm, it's mm. a three-win situation. Mm. Win for him, because the first one who pay the extra premium to have a, a sense of guarantee. Mm, mm. Win for him, he already proven record, they take the money and keep it's like a, another sales of property or right? something mm, like that so mm. and win for me you franchise again I have more outlets mm. so it's actually three win situation fair fair mm. fair that is quite cool that is quite yeah. cool maybe can you uh, paint us a little bit clearer picture you know around like how do I operate as a franchisee with you you have a central kitchen you have everything so essentially I just rent a store and then hire someone and then you send the products yeah, there basically we sell that's it yeah basically it's as simple as that oh. because um, their way is a bit more bigger scale yeah, my yeah. one is a more smaller scale because the unit are more smaller yeah, QQ and one, I've seen easier them to operate yeah. basically when I tell my franchisee before you franchise before you think of profit calculate your losses first how much you're willing to lose mm. if you know how much you're willing to lose you already know that this amount that you're going to lose and Definitely, no shop uh, will be zero sales one. Uh. Mm. No matter what, you still have some sales. <laughs> uh, still have the some confidence cash flow is in, there. Uh. Yes, because in yes. FMB, all these are other than we are because we are B2C, mm. cash is daily in. Yeah. yeah. Not like B2B, you have be so called like us, with your like cash us. flow. Yeah, our cash flow is six months one. Yeah, correct. Yes, we yeah. are just coming in. So to operate my one, it's quite simple. As well, you mentioned, just franchise, get a unit that is comfortable, your size, and mm. a good location. Location is really a very important point. Sometimes, uh, Good location can actually, the sales can be double. But mm. also don't overconfident. Mm. Location might be good. If the rental is too high, don't be too overconfident that you think that, okay, this revenue is X amount in this location. But I go to this location, which double the workflow, double the crowd, double the rent as well. You I can double that the you sales. can double the revenue. Uh, 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 it doesn't work that way. Uh, you actually know what you're doing and know what is your sale. Even it increase, it's actually increased about 10, 20%. Mm. Uh, I can ask them, the same shop open from outlet A and outlet B, even the crowd is double, it will never equate to double the sales. Mm. Okay, fair, fair. Can I ask a little bit about like ROI? Like what, what am I thinking of? Like if I put in the money on the average, like, average franchise, how fast can I get it back? I can think to be safe side about 15 months. 15 months. About there. Okay. But I can say some of franchisees, they work well, they control their costs well can be as fast as about six to eight months. Wow. To a longer way will be two years. Two years. So that is your, That's a bit your the worst record. Worst la. La. The two years. So about 15 months is a fair because you start off 15 months, the balance of the, because normally three-year franchise. Mm. So uh, 21 months of profit. 
Mm. After the then you renew again, you just pay the franchise fee. After that, the next three years is all profit. Mm. Normally, if you are doing thinking of franchising, don't think of the only the first two, three years. Think mm. of a second term. Second term is the time that you really make your start to make money. Uh, mm. Okay, and okay. All mm. my franchisees so far, when they started one franchise, on the second term, they will tend to ask for the second franchise so that they have a better so-called COG mm. percentage, cost of good percentage. Because when they order more, definitely I also can give them discount. better mm. discount. Mm. Quantity is there. Mm. We have the same manpower, we can produce more. Then they can have better COG. They can have better manpower distribution as well. Mm. This also saves costs. Mm. Okay, okay. Yeah. That is very cool, very cool. What about mm. you? Give us some insights. Your business, how to be successful, you know, and all that jazz. So for barbershop concept, uh, the hair concept is a very evergreen business. Mm. Everybody needs a haircut, right? Mm. Yeah. So importantly, like what Darren has been sharing about location is very important. So we try to find uh, good locations where there's pretty decent footfalls. And of course, uh, nearby anchor tenants like supermarkets, like, you know, big fashion brands. So they kind of like bring people to you. Mm. Yeah. So what we do uh, over at Clippers is that uh, we make sure that we train our staff well. So the, the training, everything is actually done at the back end at our office. So we actually train our franchisee staff, lah, as, as in the barbers, in terms of customer service, in, in terms of as well as their haircut skill set as well, to make sure that they are up to par. Lah. Mm. Yeah. So I think starting out for the franchisee is something very new to them. In fact, I don't know how to cut. Neither my partners know how to cut. <laughs> Neither any of my franchisees know how to cut. Uh-huh. Yeah, but it works. Yeah, mm. because we rather start a business that works without you. And that's truly a business, right? Mm. Yeah, mm. than you working inside the business. Okay. Yeah, because many of my franchisees, they are in a corporate and they are busy with their career, right? So they are looking out for something of a passive stream of income. Lah. Yeah. Yeah, so that's something that they actually could see that hey, having a barbershop can work without me. Mm. Yeah, so mm. that's why it is something that is exciting for them. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, having said that, you know, how can they be more profitable? Yeah. In fact, what we do is that we focus on the first shop first to make sure that they are comfortable, they are profitable, and they ROI within a specific time range. La. So in fact, you can actually see the ROI coming in. Right? Mm. So once you run it for the first three months to about uh, six months, right, you see that it's quite consistent. La. So once it hit a certain threshold, then we will ask our franchisee, hey, you should be ready eh, to go for your second shop. Mm. Yeah. So where do we find the second shop for him? Right. It's actually very much looking at where he is located. La. So if he's already doing well in that particular location, right, we, we try to look for a location that's within one to two kilometers of his existing shop. Really? Yeah. Uh, you're not afraid of cannibalism? Oh, like no, cannibalizing no, no. the business? Because we know the data of the existing shop very well. Mm. Yeah, we track mm. them to make sure that, okay, uh, based on, let's say, three cutting station, you're already hitting a certain threshold. You should grow. Mm. Yeah, mm. If, if you don't grow, the issue is that when the customers wait too long, uh, they'll be frustrated, they right? Mm. They say, hey, uh, too long already, you know, wow, haircut, take 40 minutes, wait, then go to another shop, right? Mm. So we'll, we'll make sure that all the numbers uh, we have in hand, and we'll share with the franchisee very openly, you should be looking at another shop. If you're not looking at another shop, I tell you the next thing you know, a competitor is coming up. Mm. Yeah, so mm. that's where we actually go out and then shortlist uh, locations for them. And then we'll offer it to them. La. But of course, we don't force them. La. In the sense, we'll share with them, you know, this is the location and we see the suitability for that. Would you like to open? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So of course, if he doesn't wish to open, we will then look for another franchisee to consider lah. Mm-hmm. So at least you know, in a sense, we are building a Clippers branding. Yeah. So when we do a nationwide, in a sense, a branding exercise or promotion exercise, it's all within the same family. Yeah. 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 Okay. Mm. Fair. So then, what is your ROI? His is fifteen months. Eh? Yeah. Okay. Uh, <laughs> FMB ROI is faster lah. <laughs> really? FMB yeah. ROI is faster. Um, you can say that some sort or another. Um, because. Our setup fee in a way that is not so high mm. yeah, because today we are more labor intensive yeah. in a way. 
or mm. normal FMB. But because my franchise is like, we have our back end ready to support. Mm. Because for them, it's like off in the shop itself. Mm. So setup fee, everything is slightly higher. Mm. But mm. definitely, in terms of revenue, I can't really compare FMB. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I want to add on just now, you say like, you employ people. So franchise and start a new shop. Uh, when I ask the franchisee, you, you want to be self-employed or you want to be employer? Some self-employed and employer is different. Mm. Self-employed, you are starting out a business yourself and do everything yourself. This is mm. called self-employed. Employer is somebody work for you. Mm. Mm. So it's your own business, but ask yourself, do you want to be self-employed or you want to be the employer? Okay, okay, so fair. that's about how I, I think, quite comparable, uh, depend on what kind of trade you are in also. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. today, when I was walking around, then I learned that actually education business is a bit harder to do. The capital, the capex in front is very, very high. high. Mm. I was like, really? I thought, just chair, table, program only. I was like, no, I've got space. The space is very expensive. I was like, oh, never saw it that way. So yeah, yeah that's in Singapore, in... land is gold. Uh. Yes, yeah, yeah. Exactly. So, so it's a Singap- you, you think it's a Singapore problem mm. in that sense? I think it's a Singapore problem, but... Then again, obviously, it's also Singapore. Then the education line will go further. Ah, fair point. Yeah, mm-hmm. if in the other country, maybe, maybe, I'm not too sure. Yeah. Maybe they are not so co-emphasized in education. Yeah, but in Singapore, kiasu, right? we are more just <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. mm-hmm. It's not the It's not the It's the parents' <laughs> pressure. Yeah, yeah. And nowadays, uh, in the Singapore education system, they already encourage you to go to take extra lessons outside. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. the internal, what the school can provide is quite limited because yeah. the time spent there. Yeah, crazy. So, crazy. so different franchises have different problems. Yeah, yeah. I can say that. Yeah. So coming yeah. to the part about space is very interesting yeah. because uh, like what Darren's business is, right? He, he uses very limited space mm. and able to churn out a certain amount of volume of uh, mm. revenue. And that is smart. Yeah, so if you are able to use a certain amount of uh, compact spaces uh, to create that extra value for yourself, uh, then it works very well. Mm. Yeah, because mm. like, you know, in Singapore, like the per square feet is like every year going up one. Never come down one. <laughs> what, what is the yeah. average based on your experience so far? What's the, the average industry uh, secret? Yeah. Yeah. Retail, <laughs> retail, education, uh, and uh, F&B, all different prices. If you go to a shopping mall, actually every shopping mall is a duplicate of shopping mall. Uh, uh. Brands also duplicate. You uh, can see that everywhere. Yeah. Basement, definitely F&B. Wait, so for clarity's sake, they will charge you different rate if you're running different businesses. Definitely. Oh. FMB is always the first basement, yeah. which at the higher rate. Kiosk is always in per term of per square feet, it's always the highest in oh. kiosk because FMB kiosk. Mm. Level one or level two normally is uh, more retail. Mm. Retail mm. also a different rate. And the education, higher level. Normally education is always the top two yeah. level. Yeah. And it's also a cheaper rate. I can say that, I mean, it's kind of an uh, open secret. Education, top level maybe from the range of $5 to $10 per square feet. Mm. I can say that. Mm. Mm. Or in the retail side, I'm not very, very sure, but I'm quite around the range of maybe $15 to $25 per square feet, I guess, about mm. that. Mm. And uh, for the f and easily $25 to $60. $60? As high as $100 per square feet. Wow. Some different place. Like in, in terms of, let's say, in Orchard area, I don't want to name which one. <laughs> those are more 100 plus yeah. per square feet. Crazy. Even neighborhood area, uh. those bigger more in the neighborhood area, I ever hear kiosks uh, of the size of about 120, 130 square feet. Uh, mm. They're asking about $110 per square feet, which is equal to about 13000 for a small kiosk that barely can stand 3%. Ah, mm. My goodness. Yeah, so Singapore it, cannot do business. But, uh. <laughs> and be done in a way that if you know that you need the crowd. Uh. Okay, some business need the crowd. Mm. Like selling beverages, drinks, they need the flow. Mm. But for us, we need crowd as well, but we don't need so many crowd. Because mm. as I say, we know limited crowd. It's like, uh, we are not a daily consumption thing. Mm. We know the target audience, we know when they are going to buy, which then we have the target to open at a certain area that they are comfortable with. 
because it's more of a take and go. Mm, you mm. don't see cake shop got Q1, but mm. you can see like drink store, beverage <laughs> no, got Johor, store, Johor. Got Q. Yeah, CIQ got Q1. The Q <laughs> is very, very quiet. <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah. There's some of, last time when they started this, uh, what is it called? The Amma cake. Uh, yeah, yeah, the uh, Amma cake. Q, wow, the Q is very crazy. A short term. Uh, that yeah, short term. yeah, fair, fair. Barber shop also got Q. Uh. Barber yeah. shop always got Q. Yeah. Because yeah. they spend more time on a labor intensive, more in, labor intensive kind mm, of work. Fair. They spend more time on a per person. Fair. So it's not easy to make, right? Uh, uh. You must say they also need the quantity at the same time the time spent. Mm, so mm. so it's it's not an easy job to do as well. Fair, mm. fair, fair. But obviously when make is make. Uh. Uh, make is make. Like. Okay, but can you share with us a little bit? How is like how is it like in Malaysia then? Yeah, I like, think I'm uh, losing off right here already. <laughs> <laughs> the bigger business no, because, there. No, because I think I think a lot of Singaporeans are I also say. thinking about say, okay, like maybe Singapore uh. like renter is crazy, you know, some of these things, right? Mm. But but as a Singaporean, you know, your hundred thousand become three hundred thirty thousand. Ringgit, right? So can I then go into Malaysia and run a very decent outlet or a very decent business with that kind of rates? From your point of view, I think it makes sense because the, the currency rate is higher. Yeah, that's why I want to ask you the numbers. 3.4 times and uh, you invest uh. into like Malaysia, buying into singular kind of franchising uh, uh. open over there, getting a higher RI. Uh. Definitely, I think it's workability. Yeah. Because like, let's say a hundred thousand Sing dollars uh, investing into JB, probably you can open like two fast casual restaurants in mm. uh, JB rather than just a, a singular in uh, Singapore here. Mm. So, uh, and you're looking at a higher RI base, like 20 to 25%. Yeah, uh, th- that makes sense. What 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 you are sharing yeah, right here? Yeah, I think yeah. it's a very very good idea. Yeah. yeah okay. 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 Malaysian <laughs> government can show me. Yeah. Huh? Okay. <laughs> Wait, but but can you give us some more exact numbers for your brand particularly? Mm. If today I am a Singaporean, I got okay. the three hundred forty thousand ringgit, right? Then I okay. want to look for you. Hey, I want to open your restaurant in Malaysia, not in Singapore. Ah, okay. I want to be a single franchise owner. What is the cost breakdown? Franchise fees. Franchise fee is around twenty sing dollar, twenty k sing dollar. Sing, okay. And uh, let's say setting up the outlets around thirty k sing dollars, mm. we can set up a pretty decent kind of restaurant businesses mm. in uh, mm. Malaysia. Mm. And uh, of course, we have central kitchen in uh, in Malaysia, Brunei, and also Indonesia. So region wide, we have the logistic kind of supply chain to support mm. throughout the region. And uh, distribution for it, like what Darren said, is uh, makes sense. Uh. Yeah. He set up a central kitchen to distribute. So his franchisee can have a very, very low kind of uh, cost. Uh, if buying you, the if he do that, this model, I right. think he easily can go up to uh, 200 outlets. Yeah, uh. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Small, yeah. Very big outlets, 70 outlets. Let's uh, say uh, he do like those smaller outlets, take away kiosk, yeah. like my concept. Yeah. Uh, I think easily two, 300 outlets. Yeah. Really. So should yeah. invest in his business yeah. because the scalability is there, you see. Uh, <laughs> okay, maybe uh, can you share me a little bit specific to your business, right? Uh. How are you then trying to stand out from your competitor? Because, I mean, you're in dessert, you are in like, you know, hair, you are in fast food, you know, essentially, you all have a lot of competitor, right? So how do you then stand out, you know, uh, from your competitor and from a potential franchisee standpoint, how do I find comfort in your strategy? Basically, I feel that every brand also want to stand up yeah, among yeah, each yeah, other. Yeah, every yeah, brand, yeah. everybody thinking that way. Uh, how many can achieve? Not too sure. Mm. But obviously, just try to see what is your UPS, the unique selling position. Mm. For, for myself, is we have a unique product. For us to differentiate with other brands, is like, other than a unique product, also a customer journey. Customer journey as in terms of customer service, the journey of orderings, the way of how we treat the customer. Definitely everyone also make mistakes. We also need service recovery. How is so suggest a good service recovery? So on and so forth. All these have to be planned out. Because now I feel that consumer now is not only based on products. Mm. They also want to know what is the journey like. Just like example, you go to a restaurant and a fine dining restaurant. A restaurant serves three dishes, big dishes that were very fulling. Fine dining restaurant, 10 dishes, miniature. But the journey is different. Mm. You want a quick and fast, enjoy, fulling, happy meal. Fine dining, the journey, tell you the story, 
wine pairing, so on and so forth. <laughs> Add up, the cost is like four times higher, yeah. but you feel the journey. I like stay in Singapore, but he tell you the journey of the food like you are in <laughs> so-called America or somewhere else. Sell story, sell story. Uh, all the sell yeah. story make you feel different. This mm. journey. So nowadays, like, even fine dining, I'm not saying food not good or what, but then again, smaller portion, food might be so-so, but the experience is there, mm. you will feel that it's worth paying. Mm, so mm. now I feel that, like even for barber shop, restaurant shop, uh, I feel that as long as the journey, for him, easy. You don't have to so-called tell him what to do, what, because they have all the standard there. Standardized procedure, what to do, what what you already expect, you know what to do. So this is also part of service. Mm, that is mm. how you set up. But specific to you, right? Uh. Actually, I look at your product, right? Not very special in that sense, but you survived the test of time, you know? Yeah, it's... Cannot be no competitor throughout your journey, right? Confirm because some people try to compete with you at there toe. is, definitely there <laughs> yeah. is, there is competitor trying to copy us. Yeah. But then but again, you're the last standing. Everywhere I see is you only, you know? Uh, I don't see any other <laughs> jelly and cheesecake. Uh, basically, because we, how we outstand ourselves is uh, the production. Uh, Production-wise, we managed to streamline the production in a way that we use the most productive equipment to make the cakes in a way. Because my cake is simple to make, but then it's a procedure. It takes time. So uh, my competitor think that, well, okay, you spend more time. Oh, I'm not there. But we have the, the way to do it. So in other words, as a franchisee, I work with you, your margins are the best. So over definitely. time, I just stick with you. Yeah, rather definitely. than sell another cheesecake. La, la, so that la. is your business yeah, strategy. Right. Ah. Like what you mentioned, we are the last one standing, there must be a reason. Yeah. We already have a, our proven record. Yeah. Might not have a lot of outlets, but we are building slow and steady. Mm-hmm. Um, we are not still not ready to open uh, in overseas yet because I feel that my local base is not that strong enough. Mm, mm. So I want to build a better local base and to scale up overseas, just have to get some investor like Vincent. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, suddenly, I'm on the line. Suddenly, it's a suddenly, JV, right? Over. Uh, right, yes. Step yeah. shot out in yeah. KL, JB, Malaysia, anywhere. Easily, they can, he can open like 100 outlets. Uh, mm. uh. With the cost of maybe for him only like 10 outlets of mm. their normal restaurant. I, I believe so because yeah. your business is uh, quite scalable. Yeah. Right? yeah. So if from I, CK. I, I can build up whatever and locally, I think when I go to look for overseas uh, investor or JV, uh, I can easily sell it to them. Great, so great, now great. the problem, the thing is I, I need to build our stronger base in, fair, in, in fair, soccer. Fair. And for you, actually you are much bigger, you know, your setup. You are 100 stores, um, you're selling back to Korea, mm. you know. So, so you know, like how do you stand up for your competitor? No other people sell topoki right. and fried chicken, man. Uh, right. If you, let's say, if we look into like Korean industry, yes. normally what comes to your mind? What type of uh, restaurants comes to your mind? Uh, Korean fried chicken, no? Korean fried chicken, uh, barbecue, barbecue, traditional Korean cuisine. Uh, yeah. Do you ever come to your mind like a fast casual kind of concept? modernize a hip hype attracting like Gen Z kind of a market clientele in, in your mind coming up to it's only the fried chicken no? right, yeah. right so basically Mion Topoki we position ourselves in a fast schedule kind of concept uh. similar with like Chipotle Five Guys Shack Shack it's kind of like in a very friendly acceptable way for the Gen Z to come in and uh, dine in the concept rather than uh, being a traditional kind of uh, Korean industry so mm. that's the niche market that we, we tap into and that's how we're able to scale to where we are today. Mm-hmm. Right. So Gen Z mm. is your main clientele? Gen Z is our main target. Uh, Aga, right. how many percent of your clientele uh, is from Gen Z? According to our data analytics, uh, we have around uh, 70 to 80 percent. Really? Especially ladies who love to patronize these uh, Korean uh, restaurant offers. Yeah, so that's from our data analytics. Serious? Right, 80% yeah. Gen Z? 80% Gen Z. Wow, that, that's, a, that's a crazy business. Yeah. I, I I never knew Gen Z could make an empire out of, out of Topoki. Korean <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. drama play a big part. Yeah, play a big part. So, yeah. oh, so then if uh, during a long time uh-huh. of Korean drama, do you see your business also long? 
Uh, oh, is there never allowed in K-Wave? We, we would say that Korean uh, cuisine is kind of like becoming a culture to hover right now. Yeah. Example like how Western uh, cuisine falls into our culture during the 70s, 80s, 90s mm. and how uh, this uh, Japanese food on around 90s to 2000, the 20th century. So for this point of time, it's more towards like Korean uh, cuisine becoming our culture mm. and uh, how do we scale on that type of scalability mm. and uh, profit on that. So you yeah. don't see swings. Uh. Like, you know, recently mm. the Barbie movie, right? It's a very big thing. Right. And then suddenly everywhere, you see people wearing pink. You know, that mm-hmm. kind of Barbie pink. Oh, I think Jelly like, Hus can do that Barbie thing. Yeah, yeah, maybe you can. Uh, <laughs> right? It really suits the culture. Yeah, but it's, it's like, <laughs> my goodness, one thing made this whole thing happen, right? So uh. for a business like yours, which is riding on the K wave, mm. right? Is the K wave not like that? Do you don't see your revenue move uh, alongside? I, w- I, w- I would say that the uh, K wave, uh, kind of Howie wave, it started around in... 2014 to around 2018. After that, it kind of like stabilized to become the culture of the uh. country itself already uh, throughout our region. Mm. So it's uh, quite stable at the moment and uh, it's like in a slowly increasing kind of a uh, scale throughout mm. the region. Okay. Yeah. okay. Rather than like up and down kind of a uh, wave. Yeah. So it's a staple already. It is quite stable okay. at this okay. moment. Okay. Yeah. Fair, fair, right. fair. Great. Hopefully you find your JV partner in Singapore. Yeah, eh? Thank you. Okay, I hope okay. you can introduce a few to me. Yes, yes. Later, I'll, give, I'll, I'll, give, I'll drop your contact. But last one from you. How do you stand out as a barber you know, outlet. Because there are a lot. Gentleman's one, you know, the Atas mm. leather chair one, a lot of pattern, you know. Mm. Actually, it's just cut hair only. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but how, how do you become the brand of choice? Okay, importantly, service comes into play. Okay. I mean, we are in the service trade, right? Mm. So in terms of how we treat the customer, it's important. So mm. that's why we focus a lot on training, mm. right? And second of all, at the same time, we need to also look at how we engage our customers mm. so that they feel an affinity to your brand la. Mm. yeah mm. so just kind of like a teaser, la, teaser. Mm. yeah because at the moment we also want to uh, in a sense how do we engage our customers in terms of um, riding on the IT wave la. Mm. yeah so now we are already cashless right ah, uh, everything is cashless okay. kiosks okay. and everything but customers also feedback. They say, hey, I do not know when it's my turn. Ah, so I buy okay. a ticket already. So wow, I have to wait at your shop, you know, look at the queue number and then before I know it's my turn, right? Yeah. So what we are going to do is that uh, for Clippers, we are developing uh, an app. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So how do we stand out? Because you have to be on the forefront la, of how things are moving. And when people are using IT in their daily lives, we have a mobile phone everywhere we go, right? Mm-hmm. So you should leverage on that part of it. Mm-hmm. So what we're going to do is that we're going to do up an app and this app, right, you can actually buy the ticket uh, on the go. Uh. So you can be at home or you can be at, you know, in an RMRT and you say, hey, maybe I should go for a haircut. So you just uh, click on it and choose your most uh, convenient uh, barber shop that you wish to go for and you can make a payment straight away. Uh-huh. You don't even need to visit my barber shop to buy a ticket. Mm-hmm. Yeah, at the same time, after you have made the payment, immediately, you know, you will see that, oh, my queue number. Oh, I'm second on queue. I'm third on queue. So you can be like, you know, everywhere. Yeah. And uh, you can even buy a drink first or even before you head back into my shop. Yeah. So what we see is that we have to make use of IT. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And mm-hmm. then even though we are still doing the same thing of haircut, but when people compare and say, hey, I'd rather go for Clippers Barber. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Everything is so chic. You know, everything is I like, know, you know, know. Then you yeah, roll out membership, right? Yeah. Uh, and then like, Got, got token one all inside, right? All yeah, the so strategies. Loyalty, uh, yeah, loyalty. And everything. Yeah. yeah, I see a lot mm. more and more of these kind of brands doing like like the coffee guys. They, a lot of them are using it. Mm. I was like, oh, it's quite uh. engaging. Uh. That's right. Yeah, yeah, but you don't a... see Barbershop doing it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, okay. Before you purchase, can you see what is your queue number first before you purchase? Uh, yes, exactly. You can see your queue number. Oh. Yeah. So, so you, you must expect, be yeah. spokesperson yeah. saying, yeah, nah, nah, the right question. You must see, because you let's say I'm an MRT. If the queue is only two more person, then I must wait a while. Yeah, I know that I take two more more stock to the next MRP, uh, right? That one only your left two percent. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> 
Is it your So boy? the control is in yeah. the customer's hands. Ah, yeah. Okay, okay. In closing, maybe uh, you can take a little bit of time to talk about who are you looking for? You know, what, what type of partners are you looking for in your current phase of your business? Just reiterate it. And then like, where can they connect with you? How do they get to know you? Oh, okay. For me, basically, I, as I said, I mentioned we start out locally. I'm looking forward to like start up maybe at least about 20 to 35 outlets in Singapore to get more partners, to get more brains in. Because sometimes when I think I'm doing correct, it's uh, so got rooms for improvement. With more franchisee coming in, they might give me some new ideas to improve. Mm. Uh, when we have a stable local, I also can try to go into a different region, different countries to mm. get a master franchise out. Mm. So locally wise, targeting another, maybe another few more franchisees. At mm. the same time, I also aggressively opening on my own. Uh, I hope that by next year end, I can reach 20 outlets. In the pipeline by this year, I should have about 14 or 15 outlets. Mm. How can they get in contact with you? They all can always go to my website and email through there uh, or direct email to me at darren at thejellyhearts.com mm. so we I will personally go to them inside and tell them a presentation on how the franchise go on but for me I'm not saying I'm a negative person but I always tell them what is the best then mm. ciphers mm, mm. as in like what is the consequences you have to face before you actually start a business because mm. don't always give them a good picture paint a good picture when you have a higher expectation, you will have a very big disappointment. Mm. But if your expectation, not say I want you to bring down your expectation too low, <laughs> then again yeah. also to cannot have a low expectation. But you, what you think that, you know that this is something like, okay, if I really lose this amount of money, uh, how can I survive through it? Mm. And be prepared to lose that amount of money. Whatever you get better, it will be a bonus for you. Mm. So this is how I foresee. Normally this is how I talk to my, my franchisee. Great. Might be a different way of approach, but I do not like to paint a nice picture mm. but instead of give a more realistic picture because I'm not a typical salesman but mm. I want to tell people that I want to get franchisee in terms of uh, sincerity mm. and um, see how it goes because I think sincerity is the thing that we can work a longer way mm. Mm. Uh, mm. if I pay you everything is nice it's all the short term yeah. We will not have returned customer or so fair, on. So. Fair, fair. Nice, nice. And yourself? We are looking for uh, like-minded individuals, right? Who wants to operate a passive income franchise. Uh. Mm. Yeah. So apart from that, an important element that we're looking for potential franchisee is that you need to have good management skills. Mm. Yeah. Mm. You need to learn how to take care of people. Uh, in mm. a sense, uh, whatever you are doing right now, you must already have that skill set. Uh. Mm. Yeah. Mm. In fact, we are just talking about taking care of a very small team of barbers. Mm. But you see, it's like a cycle. Uh. When you take care of your barbers, your barbers will take care of your customers mm. and the customers will then come back to your shop and spend money, right? Mm. So it's like a cycle. Uh. So currently, we are operating 22 outlets uh, in a matter of just two years. Mm. Yeah, so mm. we are growing really quickly. So total, we will have 29 shops by the end of the year or maybe even more. So uh, as we grow, we are targeting to have about 50 shops in Singapore. Yeah, as you are aware, you know, the government is bringing in a lot of people uh, into mm. Singapore, mm. building a lot of buildings, uh, <laughs> you know, yeah. ECs, condominiums and HDBs as well. So having said that, more people are coming in. So mm. this business is poised for growth and you will see this coming up in the next seven years. More yeah, by 2030. Yeah, more and more people are coming in. <laughs> yeah, yeah, more heads to cut. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. So where so, can they get to know you? How, how okay, do they contact, um, contact? We are available. Uh, you can get connected with us through our uh, website. Uh, in fact, you can email us at franchise at clippers clippers.com.sg mm. yeah, drop us an email and then uh, we will come in touch with you and in fact uh, what we'll do is that uh, if we find that the right target audience that we are looking at then we will come in touch with you on a one-on-one -on -one basis nice. and we'll share a very comprehensive presentation with you 
on how uh, you can join us in the franchise. Great, great, good. And yourself? Huh? After hearing from uh, Darren and Brian, I think that the opportunity right here in Singapore is uh, extremely huge. Competitive. Yeah, uh. competitive. <laughs> and, uh, no, but Singaporeans maybe want to like, go to Malaysia, uh, right? Uh, right. <laughs> maybe Singaporeans want to bring money we'll, to Malaysia. We'll, we'll say that Singapore is a huge market where we can open quite a number of mm. our outlets and uh, we definitely can uh, be doing this autopilot kind of thing. So if let's say uh, any investors who would like to invest in the business itself, we can assist them by helping them to manage and we'll set up a team for them and mm. they'll just invest and we are going to go for this autopilot thingy. It does work in Indonesia and Malaysia and I believe that in Singapore, such an advanced economy and uh, country, it definitely can work on that mm. also. And individuals, of course, there's, I think every, every Singaporeans are millionaires, they just invest <laughs> into that. Autopilot can be done already. Mm, yeah. mm, mm. That, so- that's the functionality that we are offering to them. And right? that's yeah. what you're looking for, yeah, right? So if you. people want to get into contact with you, how do they con- connect uh, they, with they you? They can come to our website. We have it in our franchise, EliasMiotoboki.com and they can uh, look for us via there. Mm. Yeah, and drop their, their emails or contacts over there and we'll come back to them on that. Great, right? thank great, you. great. Thank you. Thank yeah. you all. Thank you guys. Lovely, lovely. Thank you. Thank you. Thank all you. the best. All the best. Okay, thank, thank you. you.